Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hey, hey, hey. It's time for the Marriage Mentor Podcast. My name's Eric Engel. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Jolene Engel. What? Once again, you're laughing. You laugh every single time I start this. I don't know why. I don't but know we, why either. We are here. <laughs> it's the comedy club, I guess. We are here uh, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. And uh, we have a call or a voicemail from Claire. I believe it's Claire. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay, so uh, she says, Claire from, and I can't quite get the name of the country or the place she's from. But it's evident based on her accent that she's not from Southern California. Right. So anyway, why don't you go ahead and play that and then we'll, we'll move into it. Okay. Hi, Charlene. Sorry, Jolene. This is Claire from St. Lucia. Um, your topic right up my alley. Hit the nail on the head. 48 years, I've been in charge all my life, working, independent woman, taking care of everything. Now that my husband is in the picture, we have a power struggle. I don't know how to step back and let him be in charge, let him be the head. And it's causing real problems with us. I want to, but I just don't know how. I've been doing it so long. So I want to thank you. Your topic today is going to give me a fresh view on how to look at it and, and how to step back and, and let him be in charge. It's not going to be easy, but I'm willing to work on it and Baby steps, baby steps. But thank you again. Thanks. Bye bye. Okay, so she has been an independent, in charge woman for forty eight years. Right. Is that what she said? Right. Right. Okay. It's going to be a bit of an adjustment for her. So I, I didn't quite catch that. Is she newly married? I believe she said husband is now in the picture, and they have a power struggle. A power struggle. And she doesn't know how to step back. So welcome to the Step Back Wives Club. <laughs> well, there's two issues. There's not knowing how and not being willing to. Right, right. But she doesn't know how. And, you know, I, I love her question. Absolutely love it. You know, it's it sits well with with today's topic, which I'm not sure that we've addressed um, it is five ways to follow your husband when you're a strong-willed wife. Okay. Now this wife, I'm assuming 48 years, being on her own, being independent, calling the shots, doing what she needs to do to function in life. Sure. She had to call the shots. Right. She was on her own. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm going with this strong-willed wife path because... You know, it take it takes a lot to to function in this world by yourself. Okay. Okay. So there's got to be some tenacity there. Uh, right, but we assume that she's strong-willed. Maybe she, maybe that's just learned because she's been on her own all this time. Could be, could be. So I guess whether you're a strong-willed wife or not, you know, you you as a, a wife listening to this, as a biblical wife listening to this, because we we don't care about a worldly wife. Okay. Because right. we're, we're wives of the word. So as a biblical wife, since we said yes to marriage, 
and we said yes to Jesus. Okay, there is this implied scripture that we're to to follow our husbands. Okay, not an easy thing to do, whether you're strong-willed or not. It's not an easy thing to do. Right, and she says this is right up her alley. I'd like to tell you whose alley is right up. <laughs> okay. okay. Because I don't know. I have yet to meet uh, a stronger-willed woman than you. And yet, you've mastered what she's talking about. Well, the, and I appreciate that compliment. Okay. So I've, I've obviously had you dig into the scriptures. And that's what I want to share with, with wives all around the world today, regardless of whether I know how to pronounce you know, the, the city that they live in or understand what they're saying based on their accent. So um, as a strong-willed wife, as a assertive woman, that's a Christian. Okay, now I put those two words together because it's almost like taboo if you say that in the church. <laughs> and I just said it. I'm an assertive Christian woman. Wow, I must be in sin. Really? No. No, I am not. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show these other wives how they're not in sin either. So when you talk about my personality yes. or anybody, any other wife's personality, one of the points, and I don't have them in particular order, um, but one of the points that every wife needs to understand is knowing the difference between her personality and her sin tendencies. Okay. Okay. Because I had to learn the difference. Well, and, and, and that's really interesting. Let's talk about that for a minute because we've all heard someone say, I can't help myself because I'm Italian. Right. Okay? We're an Italian family, so we yell. Right. Okay? Or I can't help my temper because I have red hair. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just, I, I, it's a ridiculous lie from the pit of hell that we embrace. Right. Well, I, I let can... me say that again. It's a ridiculous lie from the pit of hell that we embrace. Well, and, and people people buy that garbage too. That's what I'm saying. Is we we get caught up in in the culture, we get caught up in the lies, and we get up we we, we and then we lack knowledge of well, what does the Bible say? Because the Bible doesn't say if you have red hair, feel free to have a hot temper. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that you're. Your ethnic background gives you a license to, you know, slam cupboard doors, fly off the handle, you know, buck biblical submission. I mean, obviously, I'm t talking to the wives here. Well, and you can say that you grew up in an Italian family. <laughs> yes. And, right. and when I'm in the sun a lot, my hair does turn a little bit red. So I could kind of go with that as well. I could give every excuse in the book for my sin, but call it what it is. It's sin. So if we could learn... As Christ followers, male and female, if we could learn to distinguish the difference between that's really my sin, okay, how do, you, how do you know? Well, the Holy Spirit should be convicting you, number one. And for me, before you came along, I had to sift out what was truth, what did the Bible have to say to women, because specifically, I was like, yay, I'm saved. Then as I kept reading the Bible, it was like, well, I'd like to get married. And then when I came across all those pink highlighted verses that I, you know, spent 
hours in my room reading. I was just like, oh, this is not for me. Oh, well, I'd like you to tell everyone <laughs> what you did with your Bible at one well, I point. I chucked it across the room because I was so disgusted. <laughs> I have since repented, okay? <laughs> I, I have done that. And I did get on board to God's plan for marriage because I am happily married for 21 years. Not only have I been married for 21 years, but I've been happily married for 21 years. So I'm here to say that God's plan for marriage works. Is it easy? Is it easy to embrace those scriptures? Is it emotionally easy for a woman of today, a modern woman of today, to embrace those biblical scriptures for, for women and wives? Well, let's go farther. No, it's is, not. Is it easy for anyone in today's age to embrace biblical concepts when when you're supposed to die to yourself and you're supposed to place Jesus on the throne and... You know, because I hear what you're saying. Today's whole society is about me, me, me. Look at I, me, look at me. I'm I hear important. what you're saying. Okay. But here's my case for the wives. Who did Satan go to in the garden? Okay. He went to Eve. He went to Eve. Why? So, well, he, he knows, you know, Satan's not all knowing and he's not all present. He's not, he's not God. Right. But he had to know the difference between Adam's feelings and emotions and Eve's. Okay. Well. <laughs> so he had a target on Eve's back. And he still does to this day. He still does to this day targeting women and getting us to make decisions based off of our emotions. Well, so what are you saying? You're saying women are less than men? No, no. Hey, I not can't at all. wait for those emails. I have no problem deleting them, okay? I'm not saying that at all. What okay. I'm saying is God made women more of an emotional creature, okay? And thank God for that. For because Yes. I, not because we're weak-minded. We're weak minded. It's just that, can you just imagine what the world would look like if it was all men? Just all men. I mean, just the testosterone alone. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> gentle. There would be nothing gentle if you didn't have a woman on the scene. Well, what does that look like in our home? Because you have me, <laughs> and then we have two boys that are young adults, right? Right. And then we have you. And what happens when there's just an interface between me and those boys? Oh, gosh. You're just locking horns. You know, the, the lead male... And the, the young the young bucks and you know, I have to come in and not play referee. I don't play referee. Right. I, I do soften. I listen, you know. I think women are good listeners and good nurturers, but then we we lose some of the the ground of our influence when we can't take a breath and say, Okay, I'm gonna sit on this a little bit longer before I emotionally make a bad decision. Okay, so let's go back to how does she make the transition from, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with her being in charge of her life for 48 oh, no. years. Okay? No. But now she's got a man that... Uh, it's that a beautiful question. I absolutely love it. I would love to speak on it more because I think that, I think it's a very common problem. Whether it's 48 years I've been on my own, which that right there, there's there's habits, you know, you can't blame that. I mean, it was there was nothing wrong. Well, so let me ask a different question. 
Let's say that she's been self-employed and then she decides that she's going to go get a job working for someone. Is she saying that she cannot submit to that boss or the leader of that company because she's been self-employed all this time and she's used to running the company and now she has no ability to follow any direction or any, any leadership? Okay, I hear everything you're saying. And again, this, this could be like a part two, three, ten part podcast series. Um, I'm not sure if it'll go there. Just depends on the listeners. Hey, if, if I, there's... I want you to let it rip. Let's go. Well, I, I have lots of stories in my mind, and, and I do have these five points, and we're probably, I don't know how many minutes in. You know, we try not to ramble. 12, 12 minutes in. Okay. So 12 minutes in. Um, let me, you, you asked me about the one who was self-employed, then went to go work for another man. Let okay, me take... I'll just shut up. I want you to get to your points. <laughs> <laughs> let me take you back to when I was single. And I was that career woman. I loved being a career woman. I mean, that was really my identity. That's what I was good at. Don't ask me to play the piano or bake you any cookies because those I did not shine in those areas. Put me in an office and lead people. I did great. You know. So I, you were this gal. I was this gal, but you know, she's got another twenty years on me of being by herself. Right. Okay. So here I was, twenty six years old, running a chamber of commerce. So that's young run in a chamber of commerce. And a chamber of commerce here in the United States, we don't, I was the boss, but I have a board of directors that were my bosses, okay? I didn't have one boss, I had 12. Okay. They could walk in my office anytime they felt like, and here's the kicker, they were stinking volunteers, okay? They could come and go as they please and bark out orders to me, you need to do this, you need to do that, I had 12 of them. Yeah. And what did you tell them on a regular basis? Well, part of the time I wasn't saved in that position. <laughs> so I wasn't a believer during part of that stint. So we're not going to repeat some of the things I had said to them because, you know, I don't want to revel in my sin. But I understand. But get out of my office. Yeah, that, that was very stern because I had work to do. And and. Anyways, so I, I didn't have time to lollygag and shoot the breeze with them and then for them to put something else on my to-do list that was just, no, sorry, we're not going to do that. So anyways, here I was in a very intense position, demanding position, and I started to have health problems. And I remember going to the doctor at one point because I was getting dizzy and she says, oh, well, you know, what do you do for a living? And I tell her, and she goes, wow, that's a really stressful job and you're so young and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Then she says, let me look into your eyes. Wait a second. Let me turn off the lights so I could look at to see if there's swelling on your brain. Okay. I'm 26 stinking years old. And to hear the doctor say, is there swelling on your brain? Okay. That totally freaked me out totally freaked me out. So short version was I need a new job. Okay. Mm -hmm. I stay there for a little bit longer. I get saved. I need a new job. And then the job search led me to a place where it was a Christian organization. And the position in my mind as a new believer was totally in my mind, it was totally beneath me. I was like, I was the, the head guy's secretary in essence. Right. Okay. And it's just like, that's like putting baby in the corner, okay? <laughs> See, it's just like, wait a minute, how do I go from leading a company to bringing him his coffee? How okay, do you? big shift. Well, I gave my heart to the Lord and I submitted to the Lord. I yielded to the Lord in this one thing. Lord, choose my job. 
And I'm like, this is it? This is the job you chose for me? You know, so un ungrateful attitude. But anyways, I changed my perspective. I now appreciate the job. And I have a totally different viewpoint now as I'm assisting this man to run this company. Okay. And this company, we, we had a homeless shelter on Skid Row here in Los Angeles. So, you know, it's, it's not a little bakery. Right. <laughs> right. It, it's a big deal. Okay, it's been around for decades. So I'm helping him and I had the viewpoint of, I know what it's like to be fully in charge and have everything on my shoulders. I know the weight of that world. I know that pressure. I know that stress. I know the overwhelm. And so when I became this man's assistant, I came along his side to help him reach his goals, whatever they were, whatever they were for the company. And the great thing was, love, I didn't have all the pressure on my shoulders. He did. I was just there to support him. Okay. So that's where a big shift in mine came from. Right. I don't need to be in charge. Thank God. I had that viewpoint as that young believer, not even married. So let me ask you. I had the viewpoint of, thank God I'm not in charge. Why does a gal feel like she has to be in charge? Um, well, for me, at a younger age, it was more of a pride but yet not fully i was a goal setter and a go-getter in business so here i was going after whatever it was climbing that ladder and then you just the the higher you climb the more responsibility you have right. okay so there was nothing wrong with that as a woman there's nothing wrong with any of that so and you could have a lot of enjoyment in that pursuit, but with that pursuit of being in charge comes a tremendous amount of responsibility. And I learned that at that young age. And then I learned again, now as a Christian, you know what, God's put me in this position. That's where I learned respect. I was 27 years old. That, that was a big one for you. Huge, huge, because I didn't respect anyone. I respected my grandfather, and then he died when I was in my early 20s. Right. So how many men total did you respect? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Two men. You know, the, the list was not long because I didn't understand respect. But again, that's a different topic for a different podcast. But I learned respect in that in those months, in that year that I, I worked there because I knew what it was like to be in charge. I knew what it's like to have everyone rely on you. You have to make all these decisions. Everyone's whining and complaining and barking at orders. And so I looked at this man thinking, how can I help you? Well, okay. And in spite of his ability to lead that organization, could you have stepped in and led that organization? Oh yeah. He even said that. He's like, you could do my job. And I think I probably said to him, I know. <laughs> but that wasn't, and he even said to me one day, stop bringing me coffee, it's beneath you. You know, in other words, go get the downstairs secretary to bring my coffee because he's looking at me as, you know, you're, you're not my secretary. And I'm like, who cares who brings you your coffee? You like coffee. Let me bring you your coffee. Now, that was totally a God moment there because right. there, before I even accepted my, that position, I was like, disgusted. I'm not going to go serve some man coffee that's beneath me, okay? But I learned that if anything is gonna be successful, it needs to have support, okay? Of course. And if I didn't respect that guy, 
in that position, if I didn't respect him, I wouldn't have worked there. There was another man that I had applied for a job and he was hitting on me during the interview. And I'm thinking, this is not right. I get, who, who does an interview that talks about, let's go golf afterwards and get some champagne. And I'm thinking, that's not a normal interview, you know? So how do you re respect a boss who's already crossed the line in an interview? Okay. Right. So I thought, yeah, that's not the job for me. So it goes back to having the perspective of I'm here to support the person who's in charge. So by the time you came along, I had a deep understanding of what's it like to be in charge and what's it like to support the one who's in charge. And I learned I'm taking that second path all day long because I already knew I didn't want any swelling on my brain, <laughs> well, you know? There's more to that story that we won't get into no. here, but you had known me 10 years earlier. Right. There was a 10 year span that we, we didn't speak or see each other or think about each other. No. And at 10 years earlier, you were not supportive of my mm -hmm. role. You were in many times opposition to me. Right. You were my, my high school volleyball coach that I couldn't sass back, talk back, do nothing. I had to run laps all the time. Right. And let's just mention, <laughs> I was a young coach. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. There was so, no weird thing there. Right. Okay. So don't go there in your mind because I'm sure as a listener, you probably did. No, there were no fantasies. None of that. Right. Okay. So, but yeah, I knew as, you know, it was either fall in line with what you're asking the players to do or you're off the team and I didn't want to be off the team. And so I realized I can't get away with stuff here. So how do you bring that back to Claire? What's she supposed to do? Well, so here's what I would have to say to Claire and all the other strong-willed wives that are having a hard time with letting your husband lead. Okay, that is, first of all, yield to God's word. That's point number one, yield to God's word. Because the position as a biblical wife and a biblical husband, according to God, the husband is the head of the home. Okay, I don't care what translation you want to email to me and tell me that I'm wrong. It is very clear in the scripture that the husband is the head of the home. Okay. Okay. Well, and you've made a good point there because it, it really goes beyond him. Oh, it, it absolutely. Goes, it goes submitting to the Lord. It goes to the Lord. Okay? It always if, goes to the Lord if first. If there's submission to the Lord, then the submission to the husband is almost a non-issue. Right. And, well, and generally when a wife doesn't want to follow her husband's leading, generally, okay, I'm not talking about your husband is in sin or he's asking to follow you to follow him in a destructive way, okay, usually the wife has a heart issue with, with God in the scriptures. That's why it's like you have to start reconciling that. That's okay? an interesting point. So a heart issue with the Lord. I mean, that's really where you go first. <laughs> why do you think I threw my Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I was repulsed by those scriptures. And I was not going to get married. I'm like, nope, not interested. Now, you know, obviously, if you've been a listener to the podcast for any length of time or been a reader of my blog, you've heard me share that story of, yeah, I trusted God with my soul and, and eternity. And I even trusted God to choose my job. Right. But when I read those pink highlighted verses, I did not trust God with my love life. But then I did, something changed. So I had to do a lot of wrestling with God. Thank God he won, okay? Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with a woman who is challenged 
and and having her theology because what it is is her theology is being confronted okay so what's point number two um point number two is i i talked about it briefly know the difference between your personality and your sin tendency so i had to do that as a single woman okay. being an assertive christian woman it's just like well wait a minute the world says i am woman hear me roar and the church says be silent, be quiet, don't speak, okay? Both messages are wrong. There's well, a time and place for order in the church. Right. In a, in a, in a Sunday service. And, and the church, uh, the Bible talks about that in, in order of a church service and as, as a result of understanding the word and such. But that doesn't mean in your life you have to be quiet and silent. Right. But the, these are common objections that I get from women. It's like, well, but the Bible says this, that you're to have a gentle and quiet spirit. And the Bible says that women are not supposed to speak in church. And the Bible says this. And it's just like, yes, those are all true statements. But the lack of under, there's lack of understanding there. There's a, a confusion because th we're hearing multiple voices, even though we, we're, we're not schizophrenics or, okay, okay? Because we're hearing still what the world says. Right. You know? Right. And then we read the scripture and it's just like, well, I don't understand that. How, how, how do you reconcile the scripture with you as a person and then remove all what you've heard growing up and what you've seen in the world? What does it mean to have a gentle and quiet spirit? Well, that's not a personality. Okay. You see, you smile, but I have right. to say it like that. Well, There's I, a difference. There's a difference between a gentle and quiet spirit and a gentle and quiet personality. I have beautiful, sweet friends that they, you know what they always say to me? What? Which I'm shocked by. They're like, your boldness. You're just so bold and you just have so much courage. And I'm like, what? I don't see any of that. But from their perspective, they're just naturally more of a passive personality where I'm naturally more of an assertive personality. Right. So I would never think in a million years that I have a boldness about me. But... As they peer in, they, they see this lion. Okay, I don't see that. Okay, but how does that how does that equate with your spirit? Well, your spirit is just your relationship with the Lord and how the Holy Spirit convicts. You know, are you grieving the Holy Spirit because you're in sin? You know, have you when I when I speak with couples and they they tell me that there's all all this arguing and yelling and strife, it's just like, well, but you're believers. How come you're not grieved by the Holy Spirit? You know, you you should have that. There should be a softening there. Right. I mean, I I was a rough edge, and I'm still a rough edge woman. You know, God had to soften my heart. My heart was very hard before you came along. No man's going to tell me what to do, and I don't trust men, and you're all a bunch of jerks. And Well, and something's really interesting because you not only trusted the Lord uh, in other things, but you did trust him in your marriage. Right. To bring me. Right. And, and by the way, you compared to me, uh, in many ways, is much more passive. Now, who, oh. would, who would ever believe that? Uh, people that know me would believe that. You're, wait, say that again, that I'm more passive than you? You compared to me, in many well, ways, yes. would be more passive. Yes, I feel like a female next to you. Right, which is why he brought you. Right, where when I dated other men, I felt like the man. Right. And... You know, I don't have a gender issue here. 
Okay, just so y'all know, there's no, I didn't wrestle with my gender identity, how there's a lot of that going on in the world today. Right. I was just more, some would say today, more of a masculine personality. You were more convicted. And uh, I, I mean, when I say convicted, I mean conviction wise. Uh, you were you were the one that would stand up for what's not right rather than say okay I'm assertive. Just, it's right. if you if you just take the two different personalities, an assertive personality and a passive personality. By nature, most would say a man should have an assertive personality and a woman should have a pa- passive personality. Well, what what do I do with me then? Because I didn't fit in that category. Okay, mm-hmm. and I had a hard time with it. And so in my wrestling with God, it's just like well. What am I missing here? Because I totally thought that God screwed up. It's just like, well, then why, why am I a female? Why didn't you make me the male if I have such an, an assertive personality? You know, because I did not believe that God ever said to a woman or a wife, hey, when you get married, daughter, when you walk down that aisle and you take his name, make sure you, you leave your personality and your voice and your opinion and your brain at the altar. He did not say that. Nowhere does God say that. Okay, so how does a a biblical wife reconcile the fact that she has an assertive personality? You have to know the difference. If I let my my emotions, my viewpoint, my pride, my fears, my insecurities, if I let all those call the shots and it trumps truth, God's word, then my sin is coming out. It's it's seeping out left and right. There's no hiding that crazy. You can't hide crazy in a closet that long because it's coming out. Okay. But you could still harness a strong-willed woman, a woman who is tenacious, a woman who is determined. Who, well, I mean, how beautiful do those traits look on a woman who is loyal to her husband, who's steadfast in the word, who is a constant, trustworthy, dogged, determined woman to keep standing by the truth? That's a, those are beautiful traits. Absolutely. Okay. Most men, most biblical men would be drawn to that. I think any guy listening to this would be like, either that's my wife or that's what I'd like her to be. Right. So I had to learn kind of like, um, I don't know, it, was it slot car racing where you kind of flip the track? You know, you have, you, they could, you know, the little, when they race the electrical cars. Yeah, yeah and, slot car. And you flip the little switch and they moved, switch to another track. Is, uh, yeah, some of them did that. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it came down to for me. I had to learn how to harness first. I had to learn how to separate what is my personality? What is God's word? What is my character? I fully lacked character, had like zero character, like on a scale one to a hundred. By the time I met you, maybe it was like at a 10. Okay, because I ha- I had none. I think it was higher than that. Okay. You just didn't realize it. Okay, well, it was bad. I just la- I lacked character. I mean, how do you grow in character unless you know the truth, unless somebody is teaching you that? Okay? I had a strong work ethic, yes. But I had to learn respect. I had to learn forgiveness. There, there was so much I had to learn. And so y- when you take all of those issues, what does God's word say? What do my feelings say? Where's my character at? What's the Holy Spirit saying? I mean, I know when I fly off the handle, that is not a personality issue. That's a sin issue. Well, but you're Italian. <laughs> yeah, well. See, yeah, I, I mean, people go back to that. I, I know they go back to that. But I think the sooner a wife could decipher 
or uncover or peel back that layer. It's really peeling back a lot of layers to say, you know what? God said that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I remember that as, as that young woman. If I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, why do I feel like a defunct Christian woman? Because I didn't feel like I fit a mold. Okay? Right. I have a lot of sweet passive friends that just naturally they could get along with others. You know, I have my, I, I need that shirt or a sign on the back that says does not play well with others. I mean, but I'm learning. Because again, with assert- a woman with an assertive personality who's not in the workplace, she, most people won't like her because she's too assertive. But where are you going to be assertive at? I'm going to be assertive in regards to God's word. Okay. It talks about the woman who watches over the ways of her household. You better believe I do. I stand on the post. There's a wall that I walk back and forth and I have like a machine gun in my hand. That's like my image that I have right. of, of protecting all that. Yes, you're the protector, the physical protector, but I'm watching over the relationships in this home. So there's this, this grit that I have, but I'm trying to couple it with grace. Okay. I, I want both because I'm trying to build the character as well. So I'm, I'm building my life on truth and I'm trying to build my character, but I've also embraced my personality, you know, instead of shoving it in the closet because it's like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, it's just, just a little too much. It's a little over the top. You know, I'm not saying to any wife, be a weak willed woman. Okay. I don't, I don't think any man is drawn to a weak-willed woman or a wimpy woman or certainly not a whiny one. I know when I'm around whiny women, I'm like, I got to get out of here because I can't, I can't tolerate that. Or a woman who's very dramatic. It's just like, pull yourself together. Come on now. Have some self-control. Okay? So use that strength that God has given you to kind of gird yourself up to have the self-control and be the woman who builds her her life on the scriptures. Will you be perfect in that? No. You know, but we're not raising up perfectionists. You know, that, that, that's not a biblical premise. So, right. you know, understand the difference between the personality and the sin. Because okay. I think that will really help her. Okay. All right. So before we move on to number three, mm-hmm. we're going to cut this one off and we're going to make this a two-parter. Oh, okay. Okay. So at, at this point, uh, you want to tune in for the next episode. And uh, this is Eric Engel and with my wife, Jolene, for another episode of The Marriage Mentor. And where can they find you? At JoleneEngel.com. Okay. And they can find me next to you. Okay. All right. Until next time.